All right, everyone. Welcome back to the BeFit Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Murphy. Today, zero agenda. Here's what we're talking about. I posted on my Instagram, what topics do you want me to discuss? We are going to choose five of them to talk about. Um, so thank you if you've tuned in. Again, you can follow us at Big Night Fitness on Instagram. Sign up for classes. See what we have going on at BigNightFitness.com. Essentially anything Big Night, you'll be in the right spot. All right. First question. Let's pull it up. Weight loss and weight gain without a question mark. So it's more of a statement. Let's talk about it. Weight loss and weight gain. If we have a, a general staple, if you are eating more calories than you're burning, you will gain weight. If you are burning more calories than you're eating, you will lose weight. Moving on. Now, let's um, here's something that I heard and I hear often. When I'm on my diet and I'm exercising, I lose weight. But as soon as I stop, the weight comes back on. And I think I saw it in an ad somewhere that was like, is this you? Here's the supplement that you need to take. Here's the prescription drug that, that's going to help combat that. It's like, no, that's just kind of the way it works. It's like, are you eating healthier, which for the most part, eliminating processed carbohydrates, which is you know really high in our caloric intake and you know, eating more natural sources of carbohydrates and fruits and vegetables, less density in carbohydrates. You're not going to have as many calories. And when you're exercising, you're obviously going to burn more calories. You're going to lose weight. And then as soon as you stop doing that, um, then the weight comes back on. Here's my question. Why, why are you stopping doing that? It's like, well, I did this 30 day challenge. Well, stop doing that because that the same thing is always going to happen. Um, you know, just recently for me, I'm, my goal is to try to, I'm, I'm trying to gain some weight. So I've been tracking and measuring my uh, macronutrients and how many calories that I'm consuming. And I'm around 3,500. And so for the past two weeks, I've eaten 3,500 calories a day and I have gained 0.5 pounds. Beforehand, I was consuming considerably less and I wasn't necessarily losing weight, but now I kind of have an idea about where my BMR is at where my basal metabolic rate, essentially how many calories I'm going to burn on a daily basis, just, just kind of being. But the difference is, is that now that I'm consuming this amount of calories, my workouts are way better. I don't have as big of, of energy spikes and drops in there. So I think beforehand, I'd, I, I wasn't consuming enough calories. So you have to find that out yourself. You have to find out kind of what your, you know, the basal metabolic rate is, what your ability to burn calories is. And if you want to lose weight, then the amount of calories you can consume needs to be under that. If you want to gain weight, it needs to be over that. And especially if you're working out, trying to match whatever body weight you're trying to get to with grams of protein can be beneficial. I know I'm just kind of scratching the surface here, but easiest way to do that is by eating whole foods. You know, whole foods don't have these, um, for the most part, you know, the, the huge insulin spikes as you get with processed liquid and refined carbohydrates. So just eating well and continue doing it. Don't make it a, a diet. You know, you have to make the changes. And um, if you're not where you want to be, then you haven't achieved anything yet. So don't celebrate, you know, minor accomplishments. We've talked about that before. But I, I want to move on because I don't want to get stuck in the same thing, which I always do because I like to hear myself talk. Uh, next one, coaching development. How many years? EXP before leveling up? So that's an interesting question. Uh, coaching development, uh, professional development as a coach, it should be nonstop. Now in the CrossFit world, we recommend 
I want to say it's six to nine months of coaching after taking your level one certificate course before uh, going into your level two. That way you have some knowledge under your belt. You've created some good habits and potentially some bad habits that we can refine your coaching skills. I, I want to say there is never a bad time to take a course or to read a book or to, to do anything to enhance your ability to teach or coach. The best advice that I can give is when I was studying for my CrossFit Level 3, that's the certification. It's the most robust fitness certification out there. I'll stand behind that. It's a 160 questions. It's a four-hour test. You sign up for it. They give you a study guide. There's nothing else. That's why it's a certification. You get to go into a testing site. You take the test. If you pass, you are now a certified CrossFit trainer. If you do not pass, you are not a certified CrossFit trainer. Incredibly, incredibly robust test. The breadth and depth of CrossFit, understanding the ideology, the methodology, what you knowing what you know, knowing what you don't know, what you're not able to do. And what I did studying for that is every day I would watch one video because there was a million of them. I'd watch one video and I would read one article. I would take down the main concepts of that and I would try to and I would try to express it into my class. Meaning if it was movement related, if it was teaching related, maybe I would try to incorporate that into the class that I was teaching that day. If it had to do with nutrition or even scope of practice on a trainer, maybe that was just a post-workout discussion that I was having with people. One, my classes were running better. Two, I was retaining the knowledge that I was either looking at on the video or that I was reading. And then three, it was something that was uh, digestible every day. You know, right now I'm trying to read, uh, this is from one of my, one of my good friends, Tommy, because it's year 2022, I'm trying to read 22 pages of a book a day. Sometimes when I finish work or it's late, I'm like, shit, 22 pages. You know, even if I could just read a couple of paragraphs, that would get me in the right direction, but it's really small and it's digestible. One video or even just one article it doesn't necessarily have to be both, but small bits of information and, and get information that is not specific to your training regimen, to your sport. I read articles on strongman. I'll watch videos on uh, on you know mobility. I'll you know uh, understanding ideology of everything. Any bit of information that you can get, take the pieces of and 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 increase your knowledge for your craft is going to be beneficial. So the professional development never stops. However, I would recommend between courses, certifications, and seminars, create some good habits, create some bad habits. And, and allow those to be kind of highlighted and exposed when you go to your next level. You know, six to nine months continuing. But a mistake that I made as soon as I was uh, coaching in San Diego and went down to St. Thomas, I was helping people. People were getting better. People were, you know, increasing muscle density, losing body fat, increasing their relationships outside the gym. It was the best I've ever felt. I PR'd my 5K time. My, you know, this is better. This is better. Awesome. Connor, pat on the back. But it, was, it, it had kind of stopped at that line. Hey, I'm helping people. I'm good to go. And it was until I came up to take my coach's prep course or the CrossFit level two seminar to where I was like, shit, I'm, I'm behind. There's so much information out there to where I was like, oh, I know it. I know it all. I can help people. The more, you know, and the more you start to understand, the more you realize you just don't know that much. It's like, as you continue to, to build your knowledge base, you're like, wow, as I'm building my knowledge base, I'm realizing that there's so much information that I don't know. So knowing what you know, but also knowing what you don't know continue that that professional development for yourself good question ha. um the schweit matt schweitzer mentioned him before beauty we grew up together uh he was a senior when i was a sophomore 
used to just truck me in football. He was a giant. He was a full ride scholarship to Boise State. I weighed 120 pounds. I've gotten him back now a couple of times on just, just general workouts that I put him through. So his question, being hard to kill, staying sharp mentally and physically, always be ready. Um, I guess this is more, not even a question, but a topic to want to talk about. Being hard to kill. This usually goes two different ways and you usually lose the other one when you try to go a certain way. I remember a shirt that was like harder to kill CrossFit and people were like, yeah, because you know, we had a, there was a big background in in military, special operations, uh, police force, firefighting, first responders, all of that. And it's true. The more capable you are, the harder you are to kill. Now, if I look at the people like the top 10 athletes in both female and male side of the CrossFit games, I want them on my team, no matter what's going to happen, no matter what we're doing. If it's a zombie apocalypse, I want those guys on our team. Their capability is through the roof. They're harder to kill. And that's cool. And you get like a good like hoo with that. But the, in, the, in the actual application of it, which I think is very, very important, and it's very eye-opening when you experience it, is that the more capable you are, the more strength that you have, the more you're training in multiple modalities, the harder it is to be killed. In specific reference, uh, Miranda Aldroyd, I remember... maybe 2012 CrossFit games got into a very, very serious car accident. And I mean, essentially walked away from it and was at the CrossFit games and went and had, you know, uh, x-rays and and a lot of this stuff done. If I'm, if I'm messing the story up, someone feel free to correct me about the details of it. The gist is going to be there. So stick with me. And essentially I want to say it was like days or weeks later, got a call from a doctor being like, Hey, you need to come in here right now. Her neck was broken, which for someone, if you, if you know Miranda or where she was at at that point in time of her life, which she still is at incredible capacity, incredibly strong, uh, and, and every modality can, you know, is that, is that athlete that you look at and it's like well-rounded, you know, training her ass off. And she had the muscular strength in order to support her body weight to where that wreck would have killed most people. Patrick Maliolo, one of my one of my best friend Austin's dad, um, you know, he, Austin was in here on the podcast. His dad fell off the back of a ladder, hit his head. Doctor was like, "There's no way you should be alive. There's no explanation for why you're alive in this one." Again, someone who trained, someone who did CrossFit, someone who had an enormous capacity, harder to kill. And and I want to talk about this in the respects of beauty as well, and how beauty is viewed for a long time especially in, in the worlds of bodybuilding, powerlifting, CrossFit, when women would start to develop muscles and become capable, people would say, that's manly, that's unattractive. And that's just a straight, that's a, just a societal opinion. It's not like, you know, like, like what a man and woman should look like. There's, you know, there's, there's different anatomy pieces there, but someone being strong, it was, it was then related to be unattractive. So then being attractive would be incapable. Someone who had zero muscle mass had the, the string bean arms. And you look at, you know, years ago who was highlighted as, as these supermodels. It was like these tall, skinny, incapable women. And I think that that's a major issue to where now it's, it's being considered taboo. I think now it's a little bit different, but beforehand it was taboo for a woman to be strong for a woman to be capable i remember hearing from certain people being like oh you like that like 
that's like too manly. It's like, well, yeah, because you're intimidated. Yeah, just because Brooke Wells squats more than you doesn't mean that, that she's not attractive because of that. Like, you need to get your squat up, playboy. And and there's, there's this kind of disconnect of I find attractiveness in capability, in someone who is the hardest to kill. Like, that's incredible because there's so much more behind it. You don't, you don't by chance become incredibly capable. By capable, I mean fit. And by fit, I mean from the definition of an increased work capacity across broad time and modal domains. You know, you, you don't you don't get to be able to do 50 unbroken pull-ups and back squat 300 pounds by chance. You know, that's that's continuous hard work, that's dedication, that's grind, that's grit, and I find that incredibly attractive. That person is going to be harder to kill and more capable and living a better life. I was recently went on a, on a, on zipline uh, adventure, and there was some areas that were very very difficult to get up. And one of the, a woman that I was on that with had this, had this eye-opening experience, eye-opening experience because she's like, oh my gosh, I struggled so much to be able to, to climb up these areas and we need a rest time. And, and I didn't mean, none of us minded at all, but she was like, um, oh, you know, I'm so embarrassed. You can go on without me. I may not do this. It's like, no, we're all good. We can go in on this. But that's a capability standpoint, not being capable of, of performing that would have made her in a situation to where things went bad, easier to kill. Um, with how much you're involved in, how do you keep yourself accountable to commitments? Before we get into this, let me tell you, I'm not batting a thousand. Okay. I don't, I don't know if anyone is, but I do pride myself now, especially on if I say I'm going to do something by doing it and by giving all of the effort that I have at that point in time to certain things. So this kind of goes two ways. Funny enough, uh, Chris Irwin, who I've mentioned on here a bunch of times, just posted yesterday about a book that he recommends for everyone called The Four Agreements. Another book that I've read multiple times. Don Ruiz is the author to that. And there's four agreements. And the first agreement is be impeccable with your word. Meaning if you say you're going to do something, you do it. You become reliable. And I think too often now people want to be yes men or yes women to where you sound really cool when someone's like, hey, do you think you can get this done? And you're like, yep, yes, yeah for sure. Let's do it. And without taking the follow-up steps of what do I have to do in order to get this done? And then when you're completely overwhelmed with too many plans, you have to then do what you should have done right afterwards. Or when someone asks you the question is actually plan what you're going to do. And then you have to make the awkward phone call or message or just no call, no show to be like, Hey, I can't do this, or I wasn't able to get this done, or this is going to be done late to where being impeccable with your word provides one of two things. One, it makes you more accountable, not just to yourself, but to other people. There's a dozen people I can list right now that will say yes to anything I say, but the chances of it actually happening, I'm not sure of. There's also a dozen people that I know that I can ask them something and they're either going to tell me yes and be there or most likely they're going to say no. Oh shit. Can you do this? No. Ah, that's not the worst thing in the world. Like say no to things if you can't do them, if you don't have the bandwidth to do them, people will respect that. Why do I, why is this such a passionate topic, Connor? I don't know. Well, maybe because I've been that person and I've seen it in other people and it bothered me so much when they did it because it was like I was looking in a mirror. It's like I was looking at myself doing that saying, yeah, sure. I can get these shoes sent out to you. Oh yeah. I work for Reebok. I can get you a pair of shoes. I'll get you some gear. Awesome. Two months later, when someone reaches out like, hey, did you get this stuff sent? I'm like, oh, I forgot. Yeah, I'm on it. And then when I would ask that of someone else, hey, I need this done. 
Hey, one of my friends, Hey, do you think I can get this? Yep. No problem. Two weeks later, I checked back in. It's not happening. And it, and it made me so angry at that person. Like, you know, you said you were going to do this. You're, you're such a yes, man. Like, why was I so angry? Because I saw it in myself. I was angry because I was making those same decisions and luckily, or I was making those same choices. And luckily I, I was able to have that self-awareness to take a step back and think, okay, I'm not going to be that person anymore because I know that other people get the same amount of frustrated with me. So one, it makes you more accountable. You just have to show up and showing up is, is 90%. People say showing up's half the battle. No, it's more than that. If you say you're going to show up to one of my workouts, show up. I don't care if you are late. I don't care if you are so hungover. I don't care if you're throwing up in the bathroom, if you put on a terrible performance, if your clothes aren't matching, if you don't have a fucking shoe on one foot, I do not care. If you say you're going to show up, just show up. The accountability piece is, is going to be there and it makes, and it makes you so much more reliable. And right now it's funny. Hurley was giving me the look because this weekend he drove into the, uh, for one of the frogman swim events, traffic was terrible. There's all sorts of stuff. There's like timing in that. And it's like, obviously there are there are times when, when things happen. And the one thing that I do respect about Hurley is that he was messaging me the whole time. Like, Hey, I'm going to be late. This is happening. I'm driving around. I'm really sorry. At least the communication piece is there. Stuff like that happens one off. If it happens every time you tell me you're going to do something or you tell someone they're going to do something, it's not all about me. Contrary to what I think it's not all about me. But if you're, if you're that person who says it and you have the intentions of doing it, but you don't have that follow up, your, your requests are going to start to fall on, on deaf ears or your, your commitments are going to fall on deaf ears. Be that person that shows up hungover, didn't get enough sleep, whatever it's going to be. It's like show up to your commitments. And then once you do that for a month, <laughs> then next time when someone says, Hey, do you want to come to my 7:30 AM class? You say, no, no, I'm not going to come to that. Why? Because it sounds like a really good idea right now, but I'm only going to get four hours of sleep. And I don't, and I know exactly how I'm going to feel when I wake up for that because I've, I've made the choice of saying, yeah, I'm going to go. I wake up on four hours of sleep. I show up, you know, I, I put on a, a terrible performance or I put on a good performance. It doesn't matter, but it was uncomfortable. Now, as opposed to just being true to your word or impeccable with your word of commitments, now you're going to be a lot more, you know, you're going to be a lot more reserved on what you're fully committing to because you know, you're going to do it if you say you're going to do it. So I, I think that's, that's part of it, you know, from that book is knowing your bandwidth. And there's times when I've committed to things that I didn't want to do. And especially the, I did want to do at the time, but going from the, the revved classes where I went, you know, I had my daughter with me, um, you know, we're, we're into the revved classes. Alex is back on site. Everything is good. It was like, I told Chris cost, I was going to show up at the card show. If I didn't show up, I, one, I don't think he would have noticed. He had a million things going on. And, and two, I don't think he really would have minded, but for me, it was like, I said, I'm going to do this. I have Ty with me. We've got to figure out a way. So we drove there. It was hot. You know, we, we showed up, we made an appearance. It was a great time. Got to go to the Fenway card show. It was awesome. But the only reason why I did that is be, is because of that commitment to myself. I said, I was going to do this, so I'm going to do it. Afterwards, we drove out to Bill Ricca, went swimming. You know, Steve Aoki called me at 8 PM as I was driving back. Because we left uh, Bill Ricca because and it was Ty's bedtime. And Aoki calls me and he's like, yo, he's like, you can say no, but do you want to train right now? And I'm like, 
yeah. Because I, we had messaged before and I was like, let's train all weekend. You know, and, and it's like those commitments. I'm like, did I want to train? No, 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 no. I didn't want to go open the gym and, you know, have, have Ty have to be taken care of and set up a right pad and, and do the equipment. I wanted to go home. But again, I said I was going to do it. And then that brings the accountability piece, not just to me, but also to Steve, someone who has a super crazy schedule. Be like, hey, I can rely on this guy to, to do what he said. It sucks sometimes. But now when it's like, you know, beforehand, hey, let's, let's, you know, train all weekend. And I'm like, cool, I'll let you know when my times available are to train and see if we can sync up to that rather than just those blind commitments. So you'll be a little bit more, um, again, reserved on what you, what you're fully engaging in or committing into. Yeah. Just be impeccable with your word and do what you say you're going to do. And it's okay to say no. Maybe that's the main thing. Uh, last thing is pet peeves. Again, I said it didn't have to do with fitness. Um, like what are pet peeves or what are mine? I would imagine the question would be, um, my pet peeves. Number one, littering specifically cigarette butts. If you smoke a cigarette and when you're done with it, you decide to throw it on the ground. I can promise you that, that you and I don't have a lot in common. Um, and maybe it's, maybe it's not that serious. Maybe it's a little bit more innocent than that to where it's not the same thought process. But for me, it's like, I'm smoking a cigarette. Here's something that's, you know, the, the end is not biodegradable and I'm just going to throw it on the ground because fuck this city or, or I don't care about this street. I don't care about these people or someone else is going to clean it up that I don't care about. It's just, to me, it's just such that level of disrespect. Here's my trash. I'm just going to throw it wherever because I don't care. Um, especially if they get flicked out the window of a car. Oh man, I have been in some near physical confrontations to that. And I have also been in some physical confrontations because of that. Uh, and it's, I don't know, maybe it's just a respect thing. Uh, one that's not that serious. If I'm walking on the, on the road and, and, and it's like, I'm going to, I'm at a crosswalk and I'm going to wait, or I'm not at a crosswalk and your car's driving and they have the right of way. And then they stop and be like, Oh, go ahead. And I'm like, no, like, it's not, that's not how it works. You drive past and I'll walk behind. And they're like, no, go. Because then I kind of feel like that person has control over me. Like that person is telling me what to do. And I'm like, and they're just waiting in the road. I'm like, just drive. We're just going to walk behind you. Um, that's a small one. I guess it's not that important. Uh, relating it to fitness, when people put plates on where the numbers aren't facing in. I think my dad taught me that. My dad was a, was a bodybuilder and he always taught me, it was like, like the power in, like you would, like the smooth part of the plate always goes to the backside. We started with like the iron plates, but it continues on with, with all of the plates that we use today. One, it's the right way to, to be able to grip and hold it. But two, I think he said, he's like, you don't want, you, you don't need everyone else to know the numbers that are on the bar. You don't want to show off the numbers, always have numbers in. I was like, cool. So if you learned anything from that, do that. Don't litter cigarette butts and put your plates in. I can tell you when people litter on the ground, there's not a good way to address that issue, which hints the physical you know, altercations that have happened with me. If I really want to m- make that better, maybe I need to get into law enforcement to be able to like view that and write people tickets. That's the right way. Um, I used to think I, w- I used to ask people where they were from when I would see it. And this worked for a couple times when I was at, at Reebok, people would smoke out there and just throw it on the ground. I'd be like, Hey, like, are you, fr- are you from Boston? And usually, you know, a lot of pride in that. People would be like, hell yeah, born, you know, born and raised however many generations I'm like cool and this is how you treat your city and they're kind of like I'm like this is trash can right over there man you only gotta throw it on the ground a couple times it's worked a couple times it ended differently 
the car driving thing, there's really nothing you can, there's nothing you can do to improve that. Me, not me be less of an asshole. But have you ever, have you ever stopped someone? Like if someone was chewing loudly where you're like, Hey, will you chew with your mouth closed? Maybe you should just start chewing with your, just, just even louder. And then they're like, Oh, is that on me? I don't know. Maybe these are passive aggressive ways that you should not deal with the situation. Oh, I don't know. I, I want to hear from you guys right in the comments. What are your pet peeves? What are ways that you deal with them? How do you get better? Or, or do we talk about the, you know, the stoicism piece of, you know, how do you just not let other people bother you? I need that. I need that with the people littering. I will find myself following people when they're at the lower end of their cigarette to see if they throw it on the ground so that I can be like, you're a piece of shit. And it's probably not that serious. They're probably decent people. I've probably made larger mistakes in my life that, that have caused more harm to more people than they have. But, you know, it's just, you know maybe I need to get better at that. Um, all right. I said I was just going to read off five, so we'll keep it relatively short. Thank you, guys. Uh, we have a guest on next week. Uh, excited to announce that soon. But um, you can follow along uh, with all this stuff. If you go to Big Night Fitness, it has the links to our Instagram on all the other podcasts. If you're watching from YouTube and you want Spotify or Apple Music, a lot of the new events that are coming up, BeFit Adventures, which is going to launch really soon, which is all-inclusive fitness um, retreats. It is going to be absolutely amazing. Really excited about that stuff. Um, outside of that, thank you guys. Thanks to the producer, Peter Hurley, always working with us. Alex who's in the corner who lost his ability to come on the show by his inability to speak on camera. So maybe we'll bring him back. If we can get, if we can get five people to comment on YouTube that we need to bring Alex back, we will. Uh, and as long as they're not his relatives and, uh, then we'll bring him back on for a show. But again, thank you guys for tuning in quick little episode today. But always appreciate the feedback and thank you guys for chiming in on what we should address. 